Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns, and I am here to help you understand the nature of bullying, the problems with bullying, and putting it all into perspective, letting you know that bullying is all over the place. It's in homes, it's in schools, it's in communities, it's at the workplace, it's in politics, it's everywhere. And we are dealing with it every day. We may not know it. Uh, We may not be aware of it. We may not even be aware when we are bullied. All you know is you got a knot in your stomach and you can't figure out where it came from. People by nature want to dominate. They want to dominate other people and they want to get what they want when they want to get it. And that's what bullying is. It's a domination type of a game where I look to dominate you and get you to do or say or act the way I want you to act. It's control. It's instilling fear in the hearts and minds of of people. And if you get a knot in your stomach because of an interaction that you had with another person, Chances are pretty good you were intimidated, maybe even bullied. You're fearful. You don't know what to do. And you feel less confident after an interaction and you walk away saying, you know, I should have said. Or you talk to somebody and you don't talk to the actual person that gave you a hard time. You talk to somebody else and let them know what this person did to you. And you wonder why you didn't have a response or you weren't able to stand up for yourself. It's an uncomfortable feeling. There's no question about it. And I have experienced it as a child. And it went right with me, the same feelings, as I grew older and became an adult. So it stays with you. 
And you have to know how to manage it. You have to know how to deal with it. Because if you don't, things do become unmanageable. You wonder when you're going to grow up. You wonder how long it's going to take for you to get the courage to say certain things to certain people. You're going to avoid conflict. You'll avoid confrontations. And basically, you'll be a disappointment to yourself. Now, it's Tuesday, January 26, 2021. I've been doing these podcasts now for um, this podcast, Anti-Bullying 101, for three years. Just about three years. And... um, I share stories, I share illustrations, I chat with you guys, I do interviews, I do a lot of different things. And I spend the time developing it, and some people email me and they'd like to come on the show, and of course it's no problem. If you'd like to come on the show, please send me an email, jameshburns55 at gmail.com. If you have something you'd like to share or you believe would help others. But over the course of the three years, you know, I've shared a lot. But one of the things that I feel as if I did not share with you guys was who I am. Who I am. Who is Jim Burns? And you could read my biography uh, in terms of, you could find it online. And it'll give you some background on me. Most of the background was during my adulthood. Nothing about my childhood, of course. But for the next couple of episodes at the minimum, maybe three... I'm going to be just chatting with you about who I am. And here's the reason why this dawned on me. I think that everyone and how you and how I became what I became. I think that everyone should write down who they are and who they believe they are. And I want you to really come to terms with the fact that you need to establish some goals for 2021 and for a lifetime. You may need to establish daily goals. And you may may need to get a direction because through all of that, setting goals and getting a direction, you discover who you are. You know, I do a lot of walking And I do a lot of walking in place. I could walk in place for five miles and go nowhere. And sometimes I think that's what some of us do. I know I've done it. You walk in place for five miles and you go nowhere. And that's kind of where we mistake movement for progress. We feel like we're doing something, but we're not making any progress. We're not developing. 
And I want you to start writing down who you believe you actually are and do a history for yourself of your childhood, and this will take you some time, and what you learned along the way, where do you think your fears developed, where do you think your inabilities and your frailties started, how did you develop your strengths, how did you develop your weaknesses? And take the time to really evaluate, because I think it's important for all of us to know who we are. And how did we get to this spot in our life? I'm 66 years old. Now, admittingly, we all need to grow, you know, over a period of time. At 66, I do feel as if I've grown. Do I feel as if I've gotten to where I want to be? Probably not. And, you know, that's a good place to be because at least I keep working at it. My goal is to make the... Uh, bullyproof classroom store successful I'd like to see people consider it more consider it uh, for products I'd like to see um, the bullying epidemic start to decline I'd like to see people get along all of this and I'd like to be able to contribute to help those things happen especially with my own store. Of course, I'm going to make contributions. The bottom line is, who are you? And who is Jim Burns? Well, what I can tell you is that I was raised in a small town in North Jersey. You know, some people call it Central Jersey, but to be quite frank with you, there is no Central Jersey. Like, where does Central Jersey start? Nobody knows. It's North Jersey. It's north of where I live right now, 50 miles north. So the bottom line, bottom line, it's North Jersey. It's called Carteret. And Carteret was a waterfront community, was not on any specific body of water, except something that was called the Arthur Kill. And factories lined the Arthur Kill and lined them. And what they did was they produced fertilizer. You had U.S. metals. You had um, a spot called Food Machinery, FMC. You had another factory called Butler's. And over a period of time... The Arthur Kill was the shortest distance between New Jersey and Staten Island. And there was a um, construction site in Manhattan at the time, which I never knew. And these factories that were on the Arthur Kill there were manufacturing material that would get shipped across to Staten Island and driven into Manhattan and used in the construction of the World Trade Center when they were first going up. Because it took several years to build it. Now, all of those construction workers, all of those workers, all of those factory workers, all of those 
people, railroad workers, people that worked at U.S. metals, all of them who worked at those factories, drank in my father's bar. I was raised over a bar. And it was routine, it was very routine for guys to come in after the 12 to 8 shift, after the 4 to 12 shift, come in lunchtime, come in before they went to work. Drinking was rampant, and I've spoken about this before. Most of those folks who lived in that community were World War II veterans who still continued to suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, and they were huge drinkers. When I, I was a baby boomer, when I went to high school, the children of those parents, those moms and dads who came back from World War II, who were so traumatized, didn't know how to raise their kids, so they ended up they ended up, these children, including me, were raised in basically an alcoholic environment. The only problem is I saw it firsthand. I saw more than just my dad. I saw customer upon customer come in drinking and not really understanding until I got a little bit older that the war traumatized these men and then their children were raised in an alcoholic environment and the, many of the baby boomers became alcoholics themselves, some of them right in high school. So this is where I was raised. I was raised over that bar. And I was a kid and from the time I was a toddler, some kids had toys I and some kids had their mom and dad. I had customers and I had beer boxes to climb on and play on. That's what I did because I was raised in that bar. And in that community, Carteret, it was a very small, very small town, 23 bars and two square miles. So there was a lot of drinking that was going on. I had an appendix, appendix attack at six years old, of which my parents let me lay in bed until I was, until I had peritonitis. And then they took me to the hospital where I had to go through surgery. No drains back then. I was sick for 10 days in the hospital with, with this appendix. You see, all of those guys who were in the war that came home, guess what? They came home, they took jobs, but they didn't have any health insurance. And they had to spend money if they wanted to go to the doctor. My father didn't want to spend money. He waited for somebody to get really sick. Then he took you to the doctor. And that's what happened with me with my appendix. My mom... Helen, my dad was Albert. I was raised in that town. And there were a lot of bullies around. It was routine. And I had a good friend who I still talk to today. His name is Israel. We called him Izzy that I was friends with, and him and I were kind of bullied together, and he was Puerto Rican, 
and they used some pretty terrible language directed at him. And I had to listen to it because I didn't know what to do. You had neighborhood kids that would just for no good reason beat you up. I didn't know what to do. Why you beat me up? I have no idea. They'd see you, they'd beat you up. Why? I don't know. But as you look back in retrospect, you looked at their parents and you found out that their parents were screwed up. They screwed up their kids. And the, the kids became bullies in the community. I'm not going to name names, but that's where I was raised, in that environment. And this was something that went on. My dad ran the bar. My mom ran the bar. I was bullied myself. My friend Israel was bullied. And we really did not know what to do with all of it. But we grew up in that community. And slowly but surely, you found a different group of kids because you got older and you went to grammar, you know, you got older, you went to grammar school, high school, you moved on. But the scar of the bullying stayed. And the thought of the bullying stayed. I shared the story where I was doing a presentation many years ago, 20 years ago now, where in the, and I mentioned bullying for about five minutes. It wasn't even a presentation on bullying. And I mentioned bullying for about two minutes. And I, 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 one of the teachers in the audience came up to me and he said to me, you were bullied by Tommy too. And I wrote this article, Bullying is Behavior That No One Forgets. And the minute that he mentioned that boy's name, I got cold feet and I started to look around to see if he was there. And he was bullied by Tommy. And I was. We were all bullied. He was a brute. He was not a nice kid. The bottom line... The bottom line is we were all afraid of them. This is the environment that we were in. I ended up developing more interest than some of the folks that I hung around with when I was younger. One of them was sports. I loved baseball. I played for the high school team. I developed a sense of camaraderie with others. I enjoyed it as I moved through school. I used to have a lot of fun with, with many of the guys who were kinder and gentler. And some of them are, are deceased now. God love them. Bottom line is there, there, are, there were people out there who I could be friends with. But you never forget the bullying. The thought never goes away and you are so intimidated by even the smallest confrontation that you don't know what to do. You really don't know what to do. Now, I wanted to, as a young man, I wanted to take over the bar. 
the bar business, you start at 7 in the morning and you go till 2 in the morning and you got to be there for, for your customers all the time or they'll go someplace else to drink. And I thought that was going to be my lot in life. I would have that bar. But my father had different plans for me. He wanted me to go to college and I applied to colleges. And I told him, I said, if I get ex I'm going to apply to three. If I get accepted into one, I'll go. And I did. I got accepted into one college. And it was a commuter college. It was called Jersey City State at the time. Now it's Jersey City University. I went there and majored in special education. You see, I was around people who had either clinical or behavioral problems my whole life whether it be those that I grew up with or those that I taught, because majoring in special ed, I ended up, I ended up uh, teaching what was called back then emotionally disturbed students. So it was almost as if I couldn't get away from it. But, you know, I went, and it was a monumental struggle for me to get through school. It was hard, but I had some good professors who took the time and invested time in me and helped me become a better student. They really did, which was very helpful. My name is Jim Burns. I'm giving you just a background introduction right now of who I am and how I morphed into what I morphed into and why it's important to set some goals and why it's important to realize that movement doesn't mean progress. You want to make progress in your life. You, can, you can't run in place. You got to make sure that you take the time to invest in yourself and become what you want to become. And with that means that we have to have good examples. Everybody that I hung around, they drank. They were not good examples. Did I drink? Of course I did. I haven't drank for 30 years. It'll be 30 years in March. I quit drinking when my oldest daughter was born. Not because I felt as if I was an alcoholic. And believe it or not, I didn't even miss drinking. But because I didn't want... I, I wanted her to have something else. I didn't want her to have a father who always had a six-pack in the refrigerator and who believed, you know, you go to a party and you drink. I did not want that to happen to her. And she's told me on more than one occasion that she's very happy that I don't drink. She really is. Now, so I played baseball in high school. I go to college. I play some baseball in college. I meet my first wife in college. No names. I meet this person and I couldn't understand it. I don't feel as if I was even treated right in the relationship, but I was afraid to break up with her because I got that sickening knot in the pit of my stomach 
whenever I wasn't with her. And I always felt rather slighted because she had very close family ties. And I will say they were very nice people. But the bottom line is, I certainly and uh, did not have, you know, didn't get the best of her. But I ended up getting married to her, which was a mistake, but I did it. And there was a lot of reasons why I did it. Low self-esteem was one of them. Because the, the thought I always had because of the bullying and all of the other things that went on, that no one would want me. That was my thought process. No one wants me. So I have to be sure that whoever I get my hands on, I got to stick with them. And that's known from an, a standpoint of the ACOA mentality, adult children of alcoholics, loyalty in the face of disloyalty. That's what that is. You don't even realize that you're being treated the way you're being treated. It's just horrible. And as I'm speaking to you right now, I can almost feel a therapeutic feeling come over me. And have I spoken about this stuff in therapy? Of course I have. Have I really spoken about it for a while? No. And I think it's good to have these discussions with people over a period of time. Because what it does is it helps to cleanse you a little bit. It helps to make you feel a little better. It almost makes you and helps you get things off your chest. What we're going to do is we're going to stop there. Right now I'm in college. I'm in college and I'm struggling. I went through grammar school. I went through high school, got into college somehow, some way. My parents are still alive. My father has had uh, two strokes. The third one killed him. That was in 1977. I'll talk about my parents in as we move forward. And I have, uh, at this point in my life, I have a sister. I have two sisters. Uh, in college, I was, say, around 18. So I had one sister about 24 and another sister about 30 who had already moved out of the house. Uh, my sister, uh, who was 24, his name was Kathy, and the one that already moved out was Abby. That's another story. And we'll talk about that in our next episode. So right now, Jim Burns, who is he? You're finding out. And we're going to talk more about him, meaning me, in our next episode. Just keep in the back of your mind that I'm in college. And, I'll, and I will play a portion of this episode to help connect the dots in the next episode of Anti-Bullying 101. Thank you for listening. My name is Jim Burns. Please subscribe to the uh, Anti-Bullying 101 Premium Podcast and become a member. I'll have the link in the episode description. Also, take a look at my store. Also, 
I got a GoFundMe page for Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts don't run on their own. It takes time, effort, and yes, money, believe it or not. So my point to you is help us out. Help us out. Because we need it. We need it. Today is Tuesday, January 26th. We're done with the month of January. Can you believe it? February's coming. February's coming. Hopefully we don't we don't have too much bad weather before you know it'll be March. It'll start to be spring. The crocuses will be coming up and that'll be great. But right now we gotta live through another month and a half of winter, I think, unless the groundhog sees his shadow next week. And once that happens, that means it's gonna it's all over. Never happens that way. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101. I'll be back at you next week, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks a bunch.